And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Sports with Friends. Happy holidays to you if you're celebrating, I don't know, Hanukkah, the Kwanzaa, the Christmas, the New Year, whatever it is. And if you're listening to this and it's the summer of 2019, go to the pool. Um, <laughs> my name is Seth Everett. You knew that already because this is a podcast you already subscribed to. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for the subscriptions and for the ratings and the reviews because we don't get bad reviews. What I tell people, and I say it at the end, and I always say it so the guests will laugh because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a timeless joke. But if you have any complaints about today's episode, please direct it at our guest. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and that'll be the way we have our, our show. Um, last week, I was honored. I mean, when I say honored to uh, be a guest, Please the stop. Yes Network. I was on the <laughs> Yes Network, folks. No, not the actual Yet Yes Network. Nothing that I required makeup for. Mm-hmm. I was on the Yes Network podcast mm-hmm. with this gentleman, Chris Sheeran from the Yes Network. Who, by the way, if you still have ever seen a YouTube video of my demo reels, Chris Sheeran is on them. So I have him ingrained in my brain. Am I really? He looks, he doesn't look exactly the same as he did four years ago. You know, age does a thing. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Christian, and and we had this great conversation. And at the end of this uh, podcast, that I forgot the name of it already, but it's on my Twitter feed. And we're off. That's the name of the podcast. And we're off. We said, you know, we could probably do three more hours. Probably. And I said, I said, if only I had something where we could continue a conversation. <laughs> and you do. And I do. We have sports with friends. Uh, welcome, Chris Sheeran from the Yes Network. How Thank are you, you, Seth. I, I, well, you were honored. I'm honored to be on your podcast as well. It's just great to, you know, not have to think of anything else but sports. But l- let me give you a, a little, um, a little story from this morning after I dropped my daughters off at school. Oh. We're starting I'm, off with a story, folks. Yeah, I'm driving in the car and I'm, I'm heading to a coffee place, which will remain nameless because I don't know who sponsors this show. And I, I don't want to know. But if it's else. if it's Starbucks, I just want to tell you, I'm a former employee of the Seattle Supersonics and I boycott Starbucks. Oh, OK. So I won't mention the name of this, <laughs> the coffee place I went to, but my wife needed a little chai tea. So I was on my way to get her a chai tea latte. And can you ask them to call it small, medium, or large? I, the hell's I, a grande? I, Come on, I'd, a grande be, is not a medium. I'd be all over that. How do you grande. call a medium a grande? Grande's large. This is why that guy can't run for president, and this is why he is the villain of the Seattle Supersonics song. That's not why you have to be on. Check oh. out episode 175 of uh, Sports with Friends when Chris Daniels from King Five breaks down just how much of a villain Howard Schultz is. There you go. So I was listening to WFAN as I always do when I get into the car and I'm listening when to, you're not when you're not listening to the podcast. That exactly. You to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Boomer and Geo were on and they went to commercial. So yeah. so I put CBS FM on and this is just how my brain works. Seth. So I think Ross Britton was subbing in for Scott Shannon, and he said, uh, there's a problem with the Royals. The Royals are causing trouble again. And And you thought it was the Kansas City Royals. Instantaneously, I said, who in the Kansas City Royals organization is causing a stink? And then the next words into a microphone were, Meghan Markle's estranged 
family and I <laughs> picked my finger up and I changed the channel. I listened to commercials on <laughs> WFAN instead of listening to that drivel on CBS. FM. Yes. Uh, well, two responses to that. Number one, uh, it is very funny because I, I say this all the time. I listen to sports radio stations, but I don't listen to any live radio. I have not listened to live radio uh, probably well, in about that's what you're months. missing, Seth. That's what you're missing. Well, but but the funny part about it is, is that my phone sometimes needs to re- be restarted or something. Like sometimes, if I have to go on the radio, I unplug my phone from my car so that I can use my headset or whatever. That window, that little window between the time that I am booting up my phone, WFAN is always playing a commercial. <laughs> Like it, 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 it's, it's like clockwork. It is. No. I, I go through the same thing. I, I get in the car and I listen to commercials for my for my trip, and then I get home and it's over. See the way the way I do it. I do it a little different because I load up podcasts before I go, and so that's if, very smart. If WFAN has an like, I will listen to Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts interview John Heyman every week. Right, and I subscribe to that podcast, but I will also listen to podcast. I don't listen to my own. But I listened. I, I probably have sixty-five podcasts in my queue. Wow! And and some of them are sports radio stations. So it's not to say I don't hear sports radio. You just hear. I, I what don't you need hear, to hear. And what I never need to hear is I don't need to see hear Frank from the Bronx. <laughs> it, <laughs> no offense to Frank, but if I can, my whole life, if, and, and it's very funny because I still host radio shows at times mm-hmm. and I, I will say to anybody and anybody who's listening to this, I promise you, I will get no calls after this, but I'm telling you, tell me the caller that brings something to the table. Like the, none of them. Well, yeah, the, I, I just, I love the hilarity, the, the hilarity that is sitting back in the car and listening to you know, Steve from Brooklyn, uh, give Joe and Evan a Mets trade that is so out of whack that you can't even begin to think why Steve would pick up the phone, <laughs> dial the number, wait on on the phone on hold for two hours to give his outlandish Mets trade. The, I'll never understand. The other response to your story is that uh, if you go back to episode 168, when we interviewed uh, Dave Henson, who is from the Invictus Games, he was recording from a terrace, uh, from a from his hotel terrace, in the room next to Prince Harry. Ah, so Prince Harry was that close. <laughs> was that was that close? I, I just uh, don't to, I, to I, our podcast. I know this is sports with friends, but if we could just go on a brief little tangent here about the royal family, as I'm sitting here rubbing my temples because. I'm going to start to have a stress headache because I I don't want to talk about it, but who cares? Everybody when this wedding happened was like beside themselves. Like well, they needed to, why, why do we care? But, well, why? I'm not going to, I'm not going to justify that. But what I will say is Prince Harry, unlike um, women in America who are famous for porn videos, mm-hmm. It, what I what he does is he uses his fame for good. Like Prince Harry created the Invictus Games. The Invictus Games are wounded warriors. You have to have served in the military and you have to have some kind of a handicap. And 
these people are inspired by that. That helps get people out of well, hospital. Well, good on him like, for that. But... I'm, what I'm, here's all I'm saying. Oh, here's all I'm saying. I'm not justifying all the, the hype and stuff, but what I'm saying is this is a guy who was born into being famous, mm-hmm. right? He had no choice but to be famous. Mm-hmm. He can go two ways. And what he has done is he has used his superpower that he inherited for good use. Well, he bounced and, back and, from the from the Hitler costume at one of those Halloween parties. Which, but by, by the way, what was he, 16? I get it. You got to know who Hitler is, though. No, I, I understand that. But what, <laughs> what my point, my, my, my argument is for these royals, and I say this about the royals, I will take 12 royals over one Kardashian. Oh God! Now, now, now I'm gonna blow myself up in my office because you you mentioned the K word. I cannot stand that entire family. I do not care. They're famous. Although I've seen her best work. Good for you. Good for you. It's not bad. That's why she's famous. That's that's the only reason. That family is famous because her father got OJ off and she got Ray J off. Hello. Hey, Bazing. <laughs> oh. The last podcast of 2018. Who knows what happens in 2019? Uh. The, uh, the one fact about the Kardashians that I learned, which I did not know, um, I I did not I did not know that uh, the Kardashian show has fallen to under a million viewers for the first time in a, in the show's history. Well, thank God. And maybe for New Year's, you can we can all wish for uh, cancellation. Well, here, here's the thing. Because here, think about it. Think about yeah. it. No, nobody was bigger than Paris Hilton. Oh, right. right. Paris right. Hilton, also another great video. Actually, I'll take Paris Hilton's video over Kim Kardashian. <clears> and <throat> the, the reality... Cosine. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen both, you you know. Yeah. But the but the reality of it is is that you know eventually she went away and I think that will happen too. I will think that she will do something I, so outlandish uh, and that she might still be an Instagram person. But if you don't follow her on Instagram, like it doesn't impact my life. I I, I beg to differ, and you know I I had to for for my work, and I'll give you two quick stories uh, uh, that involve the Kardashians. Uh, one really quick. Uh, Chris Humphreys, while he was married to her for 72 days or whatever it was, uh, he was with the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets at the time. And, you know, I tried watching the show. I said, if he's going to be married to her, I have to know what's going on, especially if he's on the show. If I have to bring it up with him just to have fun with it, I have to watch the show. Chris Humphreys? Yeah, sure. So I watched the show. Seth, I got through about 30 seconds. It was him and Scott Disick cutting, shaving their underarm hair. Oh, please. And I I almost threw my- This is on the Yes Network? No, 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 no. no. This is wherever the hell that show is. And I almost threw my remote at the television. And then my other story is I was uh, filling in for Jessica Taff, I believe, at the time. Great Jessica Taff. Filling love, in, love Jessica Tapp. doing um, the locker room report for the Nets. Uh-huh. So we were at our pre-production meeting. I believe it was at the Izod Center still. So this is going back a little bit. It might might have been might have been Prudential. Might have been might have been the Rock. Yes, because this was the year that I worked with the Nets. There you go. And I, and I that's think that's right. When, that's when that. that's when we met. That's right. So we're at our pre-production meeting, and our producer 
says Kim Kardashian is here tonight. Chris, I want you to go talk to her. And <laughs> and this is the God's honest truth. The God's honest truth. I am not making this up. I looked directly at my producer and I said, absolutely not. Now, this is this guy is telling me something to do. I, I should have to do it. I looked at him and you can ask Frank to grace this story. I, I looked at him. I said, Frank, what? What is she going to offer that, that I don't watch her show? I don't follow anything she does. I am going to sound like a complete nutter moron. Number one. Number two, I don't care. I don't want to interview. And I was adamant. And our uh, graphics person at the time, Blake Shear, who sits right outside my office. Uh, and if she's out there, she's listening to this right now. But she piped up because she loves her. And she said, I'll do it. So Blake interviewed Kim Kardashian. So I'd like to think I gave Blake a little bit of a nudge to be able to interview someone that she loves so much. Do you, I, is she there now? Can we get her on? Uh, I got to open my door. Well, let me see. Hold on. It's a podcast. I mean, I can edit out the, the downtime. Right, hold on. Blake, are you there? No, she is not there. She is not. There. That stinks because that would have been a good little tidbit. That would have been fun. Yeah. It would have been a good exclusive for sports. But yeah, there you go. But I just, I couldn't, Seth, I couldn't bring myself to it. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't <laughs> do it. And funny. there's probably guys out there now saying, you idiot, you should have interviewed. No, no. You know who I interviewed? And, and I still look back at it to this day. I was filling in. I forget for who it was for because uh, was it Beetle? Was it Taff? Was it Sarah? I don't know. But right, Michelle Beetle did the next yeah, for a while. And she, she was really good at what she does. That's why she went on to bigger and better things. But anyway, I filled in for one of them down in Philadelphia. And who was there? Irvin Magic Johnson. That yes. is something I will never forget for the rest of my life. Because this is a guy that I revered as a kid. I looked up to this. I, I, I didn't miss a Lakers game if it was a Nationals game. This is before Boys and Girls where you could go on your computer and watch any NBA game you want, or you could get a package and watch any NBA game. I had to wait until they were on CBS, the national game. That's, that's when I got to watch the Lakers, but guess what? I never missed the game. And that oh. guy was the quintessential point guard, which I miss. I miss terrible. Kyle Lowry leads the league in assists. Kyle Lowry. He's the only one with double digits. Seth drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It, it just, well, my Magic Johnson story is I got my wisdom teeth pulled on the day that he announced that he had HIV. November 21st, 1991? That's the day I got my wisdom teeth pulled. Are you serious? <laughs> I know, because I know it because you know how you get like the little, uh, the gas to knock you out? Oh, yeah. And, and I remember coming out of that, hearing it on the television that was in the, in the office, the, you know, the surgeon's office, uh -huh. and fighting to stay awake and the doctor going, just sleep it off. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like... <laughs> I don't understand this magic Johnson. Like that, that's that, that story. And my my angle of the Chris Humphreys, Kim Kardashian, and we might have discussed this on this show before, but um I didn't know. And I saw Chris Humphreys every day. And the weird part about it was the night before a Nets game, Prince was playing at Madison Square Garden. Your favorite. And I went to the concert and Kim Kardashian got asked onto the stage and then Prince threw her off the stage. Really? And his exact words were get off my stage. Good for him. And, but that's what made us watch. Like 
I'm I'm rocking out to the music and I'm not paying attention to who's coming on the stage. And I but, I, you know, once once Kim Kardashian is just standing there like a bump on a log, she's just standing and Prince says, get off my stage. You see her. They put it on the scoreboard above Madison Square Garden because mm-hmm. Prince concerts are all in this era. We're all in the round. Right. So it's in the middle. So, you know, everybody is in the front row. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it's, it's right in the middle, kind of where like the face off circle is. Oh, that's and awesome. so you look above and you see the scoreboard and you see Kardashian and there's Chris Humphreys. And I said to I, I remember I went with a friend and I said, what the hell is that guy doing here? <laughs> like little did we know. And uh, I remember I remember going there and I said to Chris Humphreys, I said, what was that? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, it was so strange. It was such a surreal and, thing. You know, I loved, I loved Humphreys. I loved him. I, I thought he was great. He, he was all right. He was listen, nice. He, I he, love is a strong word. Well, he, ne- I never had a problem with him. And when I, whenever I filled in, wait a second, you love everybody you didn't have a problem with? No. I've never had a problem with you. We just think you're nice. Okay. So, <laughs> so you don't love me. That's fine. <laughs> love. All right. We, we, we tend to go a little bit overboard in this business when we have somebody who, uh, as I get made fun of here all the time, oh, that's your guy because, you know, he talks to you and, and yeah, that, that's right. It'll leave me alone. That's my guy. So Humphreys, for when I was there and I was filling in, was my guy. Uh, but I got to give Joel McHale a little tip of the cap, the former host of Talk Soup on the E! Channel, because, and he had the video. Wasn't, to he, on, wasn't he on Community? Yes. And he had the video to prove it's a great it. Great show. When they got married, he came on. It's a snarky, you know, entertainment. Uh, it was, I, it was my thirty minutes of guilty pleasure every week. I would watch the soup with with Joel McHale, and he said, "I give it seventy five days." So when they got divorced, and it was seventy two days, his face was priceless when he got to announce that it only lasted. Said, "I was that." close he said uh, that's funny that's funny how long have you been with the yes network have you been in the, with the yes network for since the very beginning 2002 since a month before we launched so you got hired before they were a thing yes and so that was march of 2002 that's one of my favorite i used to do this bit on the mlb radio show all the time the the first weekend that i came home i, I remember i was in spring training Mm-hmm. And I came back to my apartment. I was living in Manhattan and I put on the Yes Network for the first time. I had never seen the Yes Network. I would I had obviously read everything about it and I knew some people who were going there. And I but I was I, I had never watched the Yes Network. I turned on the Yes Network and this is the first thing I saw. Now, granted, this is probably week two of the entire existence. And what I would give for this video to have to just possess. I heard that voice guy, whoever does the voice, not Bob Shepard, but the, the guy who does the coming up this weekend yeah, on the yeah, Yes yeah. Network, mm-hmm. whoever that guy is, he says, coming up this weekend on the Yes Network, David Wells' Basement, part two. <laughs> but what? <laughs> because you have to understand the mentality. Like, you, you didn't think that a baseball team would own a network. Right. Like, that was inconceivable at that time. And now there's probably what you know a dozen of them, so you, you know this idea that there's a, there's a this was the, like what would a twenty four seven Yankee channel be? And it was 
David Wells's basement part two. And I'm like, there's a part one. <laughs> <I missed it. laughs> it's like some of the movies out today that are, you know, so and so three. And you're like, wait, a minute, where, where was I from the first network, two? I mean, that network. So you've seen it in all of its incarnations. I have. I have. That's that's it's pretty amazing. What were you originally hired to do? I was originally hired to be an associate producer on the Mike and the Mad Dog radio program. So that's I came over here in uh, January of 2002. Uh, I was hired in February. I started we were just in the Chrysler building uh, trying to come up with graphic looks and everything else. And it was just me and the uh, senior producer for the show. And uh, then we hired a couple more people to work on the show with us. And, you know, technical people were brought in uh, and then we started going. Mike and the Mad Dog was the first Mike and the Mad Dog was the first thing to hit the airwaves at the S Network all those years ago. Live. That that was wild because, uh, again, that was inconceivable because a lot of people didn't even know what they looked like. Right. And I came from MSNBC, which put the I'm a show on for the longest time. And I had, I had all of that. Well, that's where you worked beforehand. Oh, and so that made you a perfect candidate for this. Right. So I, and, and Jeff Green, who was the uh, senior producer of the Mike and the Mad Dog show was the senior producer of the I miss in the morning program. And I worked with him over there. So I knew all the ins and outs of doing radio on television. Uh, If you watched it back in the day, the late, great Larry Cam, who used to work for ABC, he did the graphic look for the, for the beginning of it. And I actually gave him. It's not something you could really hang your hat on, but they were having some trouble with, all right, well, how do we have both of them on the, on the screen at the same time, if they're arguing, if they're talking about something, I just have this blank, uh, screen. I said, well, what's the look blank bar? I said, well, what's the look? I said, take the look and put the look inside the bar and bingo, bango, you have it because we had an animated background behind them. And that double box was created by mm. yours truly. So there, cool. there's something I could hang my hat on. Yeah. Wow. And so you, so you had, you had not done on air interesting stuff. stuff. No, but you, I, you, you had not done, you had not done on air stuff. Before. No, no. The way that happened was uh, we see that the show before that, I'm pretty sure it was Jody McDonald and Sid Rosenberg. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I back in 2002, it was either Sid and Jody or Sid and Joe Beningo. I just can't remember but they would always go long and we would be sitting on a graphic full screen graphic of Mike. It's going to (laughs) start Mike and Chris's face, like an old movie slide that said more to come, stay with us, whatever technical difficulties. And we would stay on it sometimes for like two minutes. And you know, Seth, as well as anybody in, in television or radio, five seconds is, you know, it's an eternity. If there's dead air for five seconds, people are wondering what the hell's going on. Our audio guy would have to hit because he only had a minute music cut. So we'd have to hit that almost three times and then we would join them in progress. So I went to my producer and I said, look, I don't have to be on camera. Just let me do something video only. And he wasn't really too keen on it. Uh, he knew I wanted but that to was the days of CNN headline news where they yeah. used to do the sports. Yes. Where they would just anchor the sports. That's a really great idea. Van all right. Headline yep. sports. Yeah. So th- that was basically what I wanted to do is just do video after video after video. And I would bridge the gap between the time when Sid and Jody or Sid and Joe would go over and the time when Chris and Mike would sit down and we get the top of the show every day. And after I did it, 
I sent it to my boss, Woody Fryman, and my direct boss, John Filippelli, is the executive producer. Sure, good guy, John Filippelli. Uh, yep. Yes. And I sent it to Woody, and he said, you know what? Do it, but do it on camera. Don't do, don't do voice only. I said, okay, if you want me to. So I started doing it. And about six months later, Flip came up here to talk to us, to give us a state of the state after we got on the air. And we've been doing this for six months. And there were some kinks, as you could imagine, working them out as we went along. And he had the entire crew from Mike and the Mad Dog sitting in the conference room on the third floor here. And everybody was leaving after the meeting. And he pointed at me, he said, you stay. I said, okay. <laughs> so I sat, I sat down and he said, I have to be honest with you. The first couple of times I saw you, I wanted to say, who the hell approved this? But he said, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't pull you off the air because every month you're doing this, you're growing a little bit more and you're getting better. So that was 2004. Uh, so it took two years for me to actually finally start doing it. And then 2004, like six months after that is when he came in and had that meeting with us. Um, and then a little bit after that, I was doing a high school hockey game uh, down on the ice. I was the ice reporter nice. uh, for a high school hockey game on Yes. And then that's turned into the Ivy League package that we had. So I was the sideline reporter for our Ivy League football and basketball. John Sterling was actually our play-by-play -play voice, and Howard Cross was the color commentator at the outset of that. So wow. I got my I got my bones on Ivy League football, uh, and then I took over as the play-by-play -play guy when Mister Sterling wasn't doing it anymore. Hmm. And I worked with Jack Ford and Ross Tucker, and and we Ross know Tuck Ross Tucker, who I have an issue with. Okay, well, we could talk about that, but he's gone on to do bigger and better see, things. Did you see what he tweeted, that uh, Taylor Swift is a better artist than Prince because she has more number one singles? I, I'm not talking to him anymore. I mean, play, come on. <laughs> I, You're talking he, about... I, I like Ross Tucker. Like, I I, I, I did NBC Sports <laughs> Network with him. I, I enjoy Ross Tucker. Yeah. Until what then, what, 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 what? That I was like, no it was idea. like when Bill Maher criticized people for mourning Stan Lee. Like, there's just like idiotic points for like, no why? reason. Why would Bill Maher, uh, intelligent as he is, and has a great show, let's be honest, why would he say that? Is it just to say, look at me? What would be the point? Right. What, what would, would be the what, point? What are you getting out of that? Yeah, nothing. You're just going to piss off an entire fan base. I, I didn't get that either. Yeah, it was it was very uh very odd uh, it, was, it was it was definitely very uh, very very strange uh yeah. and, and nonetheless well that's cool that, that you've come yeah. through and come full circle so you you've you've seen some pretty iconic moments you saw first of all the death of steinbrenner absolutely yeah you saw the o3 world series can i tell you a story about that yeah of course so when it's mr podcast St you can do whatever the hell you yeah. want yeah well when mr steinbrenner died um our... Is it true you had to call him Mr. Steinbrenner? Oh no, I I do it out of respect. You got no, 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 but but some people did, right? Like the like oh, the, the general manager did. Gene and... Afterman, yeah, Gene Afterman yeah. admitted it on our hot stove show this year. You know, oh, she Gene when Afterman. she was a representative, she called him George. When she worked for him, she called him Mr. Steinbrenner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was a great story. Um, but when he died, when he passed away in 2010. It was right around the all-star break and our mutual friend, Joe Oriema was on vacation with his uh, wife, Kelly out in Anaheim. 
they just happened to be there. And when Mr. Steinbrenner died, the Yankees had, uh, if I can remember this, it was Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Nick Swisher, who was the uh, Vodin um, all-star player, and Alex Rodriguez. They had five all-stars out there in Anaheim. So Bob Lorenz was in Arizona uh, because he was on vacation for the all-star break. So when this happened, they asked Bob to fly from Arizona to Anaheim. He did, obviously. And he hosted our coverage from out there. And they knew Joe was on vacation out there. So Joe went to vacation. Joe went and produced for Bob. He got four of the five Yankees to be on the show. Guess who the one he didn't get on the show? Just take take a wild guess. Uh, 2010. Oh, Alex. There you go. Of course. (laughs) Oh, come on. And, and Joey told me two minutes after. I thought that was a trick question. I'm like, no, no, no. Two minutes after Joey, uh, he gave the little, you know, palm to the face to Joe Oriema, which you know what that does to our nice Italian friend. Um, he doesn't need blood to mix. With me, it's the Irish and Italian blood. Separate, they're fine. Mixed, watch out. But he gave literally a palm to Joe's face and said no. And then two minutes later, he was talking to Larry King. So you want an A-Rod story? There you go. Yeah, well, (laughs) that year, 2010, was a funny year because in 2009, Alex Rodriguez and I have, you know, years of (laughs) hate-hate relationship. Well, there you go. How long were you with the Mariners? Well, I was with the Mariners when he first came up. I got there in 98. And, uh, you know, it was very funny because in the beginning, I I used to put him on the postgame show all the time. And then when he went to Texas, um, he it was it was it's such a stupid story, but it, it it's a podcast, so why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the way the story goes is that in 2000 he made a deal with all the writers, uh, and I was grouped in with that, even though I was broadcaster, I was grouped into that that we weren't going to talk to him about free agency until the end of the season. But on the last day of the season, whenever that happens. Um, he will sit down for as long as we need. Okay. Well, th- that season wound up playing a major role in my life because in 2000, on the last day of the season, the Mariners are in Anaheim. And if they win, they make the wild card. Mm-hmm. And if they lose, they don't. And I always said my, you know, you know, the back to the future theory, like, right. I right. owe my children, the existence of my children mm-hmm. to one baseball game, that, that one baseball game, the Mariners defeated the, the angels and they had the blue uniforms at the time. This was 2000. Mm-hmm. And they went on to the playoffs. The Mariners played the White Sox. They swept the White Sox. And then they played the Yankees in the ALCS. And that was the week that I met the people at MLB Radio. So that's how that all happened because had I not met them face to face, I'm a big believer in this industry that face to face meetings outweigh a tape, a demo, a, thousand a resume, a thousand like any of that crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I met those guys face to face and they didn't know that I had grown up in New Jersey. They just knew me as a Seattle guy. Right. And it, so it was a very chance meeting. It was a very kismet kind of meeting. And that was the week that I met the folks at MLB and I wound up moving back to New York to work for MLB in February of 01. But the story goes was that that's this, the game. Uh, David justice hits the home run off of Arthur Rhodes. Mm-hmm. In game six, and the Yankees forced the Subway Series, which is what gets remembered. Right, you know, no one remembers the ALCS because that's the Subway Series. That was that was uh, two thousand, 
So what happens as a result is I'm in the visitors clubhouse of the old Yankee stadium. And Alex Rodriguez is now has to talk because this was his deal. Mm-hmm. And so the five reporters, the five, you know, the four print guys and me were standing there waiting for this fraud to come through. <laughs> and he proceeds to say some of the dumbest cock uh, poppycock that is in, in history. Like he didn't need to do any of this. He starts talking about how, number one, the Mariners were his first choice. Mm-hmm. When I knew that he had bought all the women in the front office uh, going away presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the Mariners are his first choice. In order for him to leave Seattle, he would need two criteria. He would need to go uh, to a team that's rich in tradition. And he needed to go to a team that was stocked in young pitching. That was his criteria. And he went to Texas? He went to Texas. <laughs> now, understand the timeline of the whole thing is by the time he signs with Texas, mm-hmm. I'm already got, I've already been hired by MLB. So I wasn't part of the day. I wasn't in Seattle the day that he signs with Texas. But what my station did was they took the audio from that interview mm-hmm. and played that on the day when he was signing with texas and that's when a fraud got created do you remember when they started throwing dollar bills at him oh i remember that's all based on that interview Mm -hmm. because he buried himself with this this garbage anyway so now fast forward (laughs) so fast forward to my first week at mlb's march of of 2000 we go down to spring training and i'm going to do a tour so it's every day we're visiting a different team and it was a brand new job, brand new, exciting, a brand new producer, brand new hosts. Everything was new. And the first camp we start at is Cincinnati. They were in Sarasota. They mm-hmm. now play in Arizona. Right. And we go to Cincinnati and Junior doesn't do interviews. But that's my guy. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's my buddy from, from, from my history. He's been on this podcast. And so i walk in and i'm like and and rob butcher who's a great great guy he's like you know junior's not doing any interviews i said come on just let me in i'll I'll take care of this i go see him we set it up we get the interview done my first day i get the 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 one-on-one with ken griffey jr they're like oh man that's awesome we hired the right guy i was like i'm feeling like a million dollars the next day we go to then port charlotte which is now, I believe, home of the Rays. Yes. But was the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers now play in Arizona. And we go to, and, and I'm flying, right? I'm like, oh, brand new job. This is the second day. Like, you know, and they're like, you got to go double or nothing. You got to get us some one-on-one with Alex. So I figured, no problem. Well, how hard could that be? I walk up to him. I see, you know, I see uh, John Blake, the uh, the PR guy. And Alex proceeds to start a tirade that more expletives than, 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 than a podcast can hold. Wow. He rips into me because I misquoted him, to which I said in front of a lot of people, <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, it's a radio show, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what do you think? I, I edited your audio. You were the dumbass that said all those stupid yeah. things. Yeah, I, it's. We had it out. We had, he, he was, we had it 
we had it out. We had a whole battle. Needless to say, we didn't have Alex. Now, over the years, we made friends. We like we we made up a couple of times, mm-hmm. and we went. It was peaks and valleys. But he hated me. I hated him. But in two thousand and nine, they won the World Series, mm-hmm. and I was on the field for ESPN and for SiriusXM. And I go into the clubhouse to cover the Yankee victorious clubhouse, and I saw him. And I said, look, you know, whatever we've been through, congratulations, man. Like, this is a big accomplishment. Like, this is this supersedes a lot of the bullshit that mm-hmm. we dealt with. And we had, like, a like an embrace. Good. The next spring, that 2010, we had the spring. He comes over to me in spring training and says, you know, I got to tell you, that was really nice what you did. He says, you didn't have to do that. And you, you, you know, that, that was very cool what you did. I said, thank you very much. Well, thank you. you know, thank you very much. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there's the punchline. There's a punchline. Do you know that he got nailed for steroids like a month later? Oh, my God. Um, and, and what I strategized, I, I met with agents about this. I met with program directors about this. I said, what, what do I possibly do? I said, this cannot go well. If I show my face mm-hmm. at any of these things, he's going to target me. Mm-hmm. And we agreed. And so I, I ignored him because I wanted to go out on a high. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I listen, it, it's, it's tricky. You know, this is what the fans what a don't. Do, well, <laughs> I just don't like how he treated uh, Oriema out there in Anaheim. And, you know, he's had his ups, he's had his downs. He's, he looks to have uh, completely changed his image. Uh, he's got a couple of really good publicists. He's dating Jennifer Lopez. Which I, makes me question because, you know, it's very funny. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, I told you the story um, on your show about the, my connection to Jennifer Lopez through Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Where Ken Griffey Jr. and I had never had a, song, had a talk, yeah. and he says, he says this song without the it's if you had my love by Jennifer Lopez, and he says that song without the video was pointless, uh-huh. and and I, you know my my wife was always a big supporter of Jennifer Lopez. She says, you know Jennifer Lopez, she's just real. She's you know she's she's, she's genuine. She comes off as being you know not a flashy, but she you know she's a celebrity, but she's not a celebrity. Like it's it, she's just she's real down to earth. Jenny from the block. What judgment? <laughs> what judgment? You don't need money. What judgment? What does she see in that fraud? And I go back to one prominent player told me about Alex Rodriguez when he was in his second year. Mm-hmm. They said Alex Rodriguez talks through you, never to you. Hmm. And that phrase resonated with me because if you think about all of his history, it's completely true. He never talks to a person, he talks through a person. Do you think, let me ask you this just seeing him on ESPN and on Fox, do you think that that's changed a bit? Well, first of all, he's unwatchable. Okay. Because when he when he comes on uh, during a broadcast, and I, I'll admit, I saw it on Twitter first. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it on Twitter first, and I flipped it on. Um, when he starts talking about how he always, his big regret is not signing with the Mets, just because he's doing a Met game. 
This is the chameleon. He will say whatever it is to work any room that it, that he's in. <laughs> he is as phony as that, that, that fraud is the only work that fits him. And you know what I have always noticed about <laughs> you know what? Wait, you stop. Because I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan, but when when they had Spinal Tap on and they had the, you know the voices of Spinal Tap uh doing their characters and it was harry shearer who's a simpsons regular anyway and he he goes nobody rocks like and he holds the, his guitar up and he looks at a post-it on the back of his guitar and it had the name of the town on it springfield <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i thought of when you said right that's uh, that's him that's him <laughs> like like if he's doing a cincinnati reds game you're gonna hear some story about how he almost became a cincinnati red <laughs> Like it's just he's full of crap. Oh um, boy. I understand how he's likable. I will say that I have seen his um his the show on Fox, and this is nothing that I haven't said to Kevin Burkhart. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's a real first there's two things. Number one, it, I think it's a sad state for a sport that the most recognizable names during a baseball postseason broadcast are David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. <clears throat> that those two guys in popularity are more recognizable than any of the human beings on the actual field. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad state for your sport. The second thing is those guys. And it's funny because I love how former athletes and I'm stereotyping here, but I've worked with a lot of former athletes. I love how former athletes will get an idea in their head and they will not be satisfied unless they pay it off. So I'll give you the example. You know how when you're a writer and you're writing a game story and there's a bottom of the ninth home run to, to change the outcome, you have to rip up basically oh, yeah. your, your whole story. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and reporters are miserable. Former athletes won't do that. So when Craig Council is doing all his cockamamie bullpen moves, mm-hmm. Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz were so anxious to get a pound of flesh because they were like, that's not how my baseball's done, and that's not how it was done in my day. And there's he's wrong, and it blah 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 blah. blah. And they probably spent an hour off the air screaming at Craig Council. Mm-hmm. Yet the Brewers won the damn game, <laughs> and these idiots can't stop just getting their pound of flesh. It was unwatchable. It it, it it's unwatchable. Well, and it, I'll tell you this: the baseball post game on Fox made me want to cut the cord. Wow. That is strong. <laughs> not true, but <laughs> I was cutting the cord anyway. The $200 direct TV bill was probably doing yeah, it. But... Seth Everett from way downtown. <laughs> Bang. I got on Twitter. When I, I tweet that I'm, I cut the cord, I got so excited. I was doing it. I took pictures of my, my like unplugging of the cables out on the wall. And, uh, <laughs> This one guy, he he works for DirecTV. He's like, I work for DirecTV. I'll get you set up again. I'm like, unless you're doing it for free, there's really no interest in this. No, no, it's ridiculous. And we talked about this on my show last week. But I will say, I found out since uh, your show that the Yes Network is on Hulu Live. Oh, there you I go. I will see. I can watch Chris Sheeran anytime I want. There you go. That 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 should be the selling point. Should be my bald head without the goatee because as we know, I can't have facial hair during baseball season. How how long have you how long have you uh been bald? I only uh, know you bald. Um I started uh when I was in 
uh, when I was at school, uh, college, Seriously? I would go, yeah, I would go into oh, the bathroom and run a brush through my hair and take out clumps of my hair. So for real. It, yeah, I I tried to hang on with like the raw Caesar cut from friends for a little bit, but it looked completely ridiculous. And one of my friends when I got here to Connecticut was just like, dude, you need to shave that like with a straight blade. So I was like, OK, so it took me a little while to completely let it go. I would go to like the barbershop and this guy, Eddie, in South River, New Jersey, where I grew up, he would not take any money. Like. I would try to give him the full price for a haircut, which I think was 10 bucks. And he would only take five. And I'd try to tip him. He said, get the hell out of here. It took me two minutes to do this. I said, okay. Um, but yeah, after, after going to Eddie for a little bit at Ed's barbershop on main street in South river, um, I just started using a mock three and that was it. Bye bye yeah. hair. Yeah, no, it's a, it, I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not a bad look. It's not, it's not like, I think a lot of times um, you have I mean, a healthy I, hairline. I have a, I have a, I have a lot of hair. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I colored it um, for a really long time. I colored it. And that's why a lot of pictures like, a, a, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is if I take a picture now, I stopped coloring it like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it, but it was, I was really great. So it's, it's, it was cold Turkey to people who didn't know that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like so like I didn't, you went from zero to Bob Barker. Like, I went, I, I, I'm probably now, I'm probably 60% gray. And, and so now people see me and they're like, they're like, what happened? <laughs> my, my two favorite things is um, whenever I, if I don't, if I choose not to shave and I go to a, to a meeting or something, uh -huh. some kind of appearance or something, and I don't shave, people go, are you tired? <laughs> and I'll be I'm, like, what? what? I'm, no. I'm 45 years of age. I, I've never been able to grow a full beard. So for uh, no, uh, no, shave, uh, no Shave November, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to see if it'll come in. Still, to this day, the same spots that won't grow in high school will not grow now. So I just, I gave up. I tried, but I gave up. People were I, looking at people were looking at me saying, "Well, how many days have you been growing it?" I said, "What day is it?" November eighteenth, eighteen, and they look at me like, "Really? <laughs> if I let this go for three days, I have a full beard." I said, "Well, good for you." Yeah. The, the other thing that gets you looks. This is a is another thing that this is like a curb your enthusiasm moment that people don't realize. Um, that I, I love when people say, ask me if I'm tired. I, I love that. But the other one is when I'm at, when I'm getting a haircut, mm -hmm. um, the guy uses, um, they're called thinning shears. Yeah. So they take like the thickness out of the, like the, the top of your head. Right. The guy next to me, I'll be like, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to rub your nose. What like the? It's your fault that you have hair. I didn't ask. Not, I didn't do it. I'm not I mean, I, I I'm like so past it. Like I, I don't even, I don't even think about it anymore. The, the one time, it's in the summer, and I'll tell you when. When I'm in the pool, sometimes when I'm getting out of the pool, I will still because the last thing I did when I got out of the pool when I was a kid is I would take my hair and I would put it back. There are still sometimes I'll go under the water and do the same motion and go, what are you doing? You fucking idiot. <laughs> so 
uh, yeah, I, I miss it. And I miss it, I guess, when I'm in the pool. But other than that, eh, you know, my, my wife has seen the mullet and uh, she, she, she much she, knows. she, she, knows. she much rather prefers what she sees today. She knows. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's very funny, but like, I'm not I'm not vain. And I don't care. I don't do that. The only thing that I've noticed is that's what social media sometimes yeah. is for. And it's it, it, social media is very weird because you can have like a very strange uh, relationship uh, with social media. I've had battles. That's on, a blessing and a curse. I mean, yeah, but I, I can also say I work with Prince because of Twitter. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's 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 one of those things where I think I think it's a blessing. I I've said, and I told you this be, uh, on your show. I think the the best time I loved social media was when uh, when Daryl Hamilton passed away. Yeah. Because when when Daryl uh, died, first of all, I found out on Twitter, which was very awkward. Yeah. But but the amount of people who you know we hadn't done a radio show together since 06 mm -hmm. and it was it was you know it was almost 10 years i think it was nine years since we had done our show and we had done podcasts together and we had done all kinds of stupid projects together and all these different things just to kind of be on the air again and people remembered all that and the amount of like people just saying hey man you know you know i never met you but i knew he was your best friend blah 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 like stuff like that was so therapeutic yeah gotcha i thought that was I, I think that helped that helped a, a ton an absolute ton yeah absolutely. Um, i could i could definitely see how that could help the grieving process and that was great that you had that experience but most of my experiences i mean when you have someone who is hiding under a false picture and a false name and wishes cancer on you and your two-year-old at the time, um, that's when, you know, I have an issue with social media. I mean, these people, they hide behind stuff. They, they say whatever the hell they want to say. Twitter is banning people for saying certain things that don't really fall in line with their narrative or their way of thinking. But someone could wish my two-year-old at the time cancer and I had to give them my driver's license to, to yeah. figure out what to do with this guy. Sorry, yeah. this asshole. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't, I'm, I don't I'm know. Glad, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad it was there for you in that grieving process because that is one of the worst things. But does anybody tell you? Answer me this: Does anybody tell you to be on it? Does anybody tell me to be on it? No. Like if would you? But be if able I wasn't, if I wasn't on it, how the hell would I get all the breaking news? I mean, I follow all the baseball. No, no, no but right? you don't have to be on it as a person. Like you can come up with some dummy account and follow oh. Ken Rosenthal. Oh, for sure, I could do that. I could do that. But the only way I could get my podcast out there and promote okay. it is to go through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You know, so I have a presence out there. It's not like, and I just my thing on see everybody takes Twitter so seriously. And if people knew me and knew how I was and just, they just know that I'm trying to make people smile and make people laugh. If you ever follow me during a New York giants football game, you would think that I hate that organization. I love the New York giants, but in order to get through a football game of theirs, especially one like yesterday, which I just threw my hands up and I gave up. You have to commiserate. You have to try to make fellow giant fans laugh. That's what I do. I mean, that's what I try to do every day on that platform. But most of the time, more often than not, 
people take it as a shot, like personally at them. Who's the best person at Yes to work with? The best? Hmm. You know, Lorenz is pretty. Lorenz is a pretty good dude. But I never, I never work with him. Bob is the best, but I just never work with him. Uh, If you're gonna ask me who I enjoy, like if Kenny Singleton is here in studio, Mm. if John Flaherty's here in studio, if David Cohn is here in studio, and they and I get to interview them on the batting practice show, it's you know my producer always comes in and says, "All right, what do you want to ask him?" I said, "Well, we'll start." We'll start here and then we'll see where it goes. Right. I'll, I'll listen to him and we'll have a conversation. And when you have enough, get in my ear and tell me to shut up and wrap well, it up. T- TV is different though. Cause they want to have video ready. I it's, get it's it. Di- it's different than, than, you know, than a podcast. Usually, usually I wouldn't pre- be able to prepare B-roll for this. No, but we, we, we pre-tape, we, we pre-tape. So they have okay. plenty of time to go track it down. They have like an hour to, to, to cover it, but that's a, that's a fair point by you. So any one of those guys, uh, anytime Jack Curry and I talk baseball, I, I really enjoy that. Um, Mark and Richard Jefferson, who just started working for us. Mm-hmm. I, I never met the guy in my life. Uh, I think it was the second or third Nets broadcast I did was with him. And everybody, everybody raved about it how good our chemistry was uh, how good the show was so i get to work with him again uh this wednesday Uh, jimmy spinarkle who i love who i could bounce anything off of and talk basketball or anything with him uh i mean there's just so many i i can't single anybody out everybody i could do nets Nets history i could do new jersey nets history oh i know you can jim spinarkle called games with like john bagley and otis birdsong oh yeah oh yeah yeah. raftery onions oh yeah raftery oh so, yeah i mean it, i miss raftery doing uh syracuse games yeah he did yeah when they were in the big east he would yep. do all the syracuse games and he yes, doesn't he do those games now he once called they had this thing called the media cup in uh in syracuse where the daily orange that's the newspaper right and uh war which was our radio station and we would play a game the sports departments would play a game of basketball on the floor on the carrier dome floor Mm-hmm. And uh, we won, and Bill Raftery called it on the PA, like, just for fun. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty. It was. It was. It was definitely pretty fun. Well, uh, you 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 have a lot of great people there. Yeah, you know Meredith Morakovich is awesome. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan, and um, uh, you know Ian Eagle obviously, and Ruko. I'm a big fan. Ruko, mm-hmm. I knew from uh, ESPN days and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's blown up and he's done, done amazing stuff. Got to get him on the podcast. That's, that's a good idea. I could be um, the conduit to that. If, if, if you want to make that happen, I'll just call him. And if he, how about this? If he ignores me, then I will. Then you reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who can you call that? I don't know. That's a, the, the, nobody. We've had, we've had Michael Ozanian no, on the podcast. Nobody, nobody. Mike. We've had Michael Ozanian on the show. We've mm-hmm. had Forbes Sports Money. That's right. That's right. And it's funny because sometimes I'll get asked to write Forbes columns on stories that Ozanian did on the TV show. And I will say to them, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you can't do that. You can't, you, you can't, you can't do it. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. And thank no, you thank for, you for uh, hanging out with us. Um, it's a episode of sports with friends. Um, 
And this will be the last episode of 2018. The reason for that is I thought you were going to be on between Christmas and New Year's. Um, but we're not doing a show between Christmas and New Year's because I found out the show comes out on Tuesdays. And one week from today, the day that it's coming out, is actually Christmas Day. Who in their right mind is downloading a podcast on Christmas Day? Santa. <laughs> I was going to say all the Jews. And, uh, and then Chinese food, a movie, and, and a podcast. And a podcast. And a, for me, for years, it's been uh, Chinese food and Batman the Animated Series. Okay, uh, that'll work. But uh, And then the next uh, Tuesday is New Year's Day. So we're going to come back on January 2nd. Uh, with another edition of Sports with Friends. We were supposed to have Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Boston oh, what Red Sox. What happened with that? But I'm getting mixed messages because he was in London to promote the MLB London series. And a friend of mine in London who is coordinating the PR for that said, will you do a Forbes story on Jackie Bradley Jr. touring London? To which I replied, sure. Can it be a podcast? Because the podcast gets about 70,000 more hits than the Forbes article will. Mm -hmm. And he said, they said, sure, sure. So we set it up, set it up, set it up, set it up, set it up. And I don't believe this, but I got a message that said he was tired and couldn't do any more interviews. I don't buy that. I think that the PR person just didn't want to set it up or whatever. So we didn't have it. Now, the consolation is during the course of this recording, Jackie Bradley Jr. retweeted the article. Mm -hmm. So my notifications have kind of gone a little haywire. Um, so Jackie Bradley Jr. can do no wrong right now. But uh, that was supposed to be this week's guest. And you were going to be next week. We were always going to record today, but it was going to be coming out later. But now it's coming out tomorrow because quite a step down from the Jackie uh, Bradley Jr. stood me up from uh, a World Series champion to the schlub from the Yes Network. I mean, these these British reporters, I mean, you couldn't ask him one time about how was the damn parade. <laughs> they, they interview him. They interview him and they send me the audio of the interview. That's how I did the Forbes article. And I got, I'm looking through the quotes and there's not a thing about them winning the world series. That's tremendous. Why would you, why would you ask him about that? Hello? <laughs> I mean, why would you ask him that? Why would I, not? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, just, it's unbelievable. Listen, I appreciate you having me on. It really was a pleasure and uh, I appreciate it more than you know. And not a lot of editing except for the end, but other than that, we're good. <laughs> Nice. For Chris Sheeran, my name is Seth Everett. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Please uh, don't forget to leave the ratings and the reviews. And if you have any issues with any of the comments from today's show, please contact Chris directly. Keep me out of it. My name is Seth Everett. This is Sports with Friends. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to To stay, I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Come on, please, I'm gone. Forget reaching my phone.